this week talking to me about Wild Arms is the guest professor from the ever-prestigious Super Deformed Gamecast. I'd like to welcome John Phipps. Welcome, my friend. How are you doing? <laughs> Prestigious. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> well, you are. I've heard only nah. good things about you. I've only seen you in passing. You're like a mysterious stranger in the night. I've seen you just in passing at uh, various PAXs and, up, of course, up on stage at the Kind of Funny uh, tournament last year at PAX West. So, Well, why didn't you come up and say hi, damn it? Well, I, you were on the other side and you were talking to a bunch of people, so... Look, so so here's the thing, and and for anybody listening to this, this goes for you as well. If you see me bopping around uh, packs in my yellow beanie, come up and say hi. Give me a hug if that's your thing. Please, please, I welcome it. I embrace it, just as I'll embrace you. See, there you go. He's welcoming to everybody. And truthfully, for the first (laughs) packs, I didn't really know who you were or what you were affiliated with. You just had the cool yellow beanie. So it wasn't until after, but... With PAX East, I, I should have... Come, you're right. I should have come up and, and said hi, because I have heard nothing but lovely things from Alex and Logan and uh, others about your your awesomeness, sir. So it's good to finally Absolutely. be talking to you, and apparently you love RPGs just as much as I do. So we decided... Oh, I fucking love We them. decided to talk about a, a little game uh, that put whistling on the map in terms of RPG soundtracks... What an what an opening for that oh, game. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. And when uh, putting together kind of the outline for this episode, I may have been listening to the Wild Arms intro on loop. Outstanding. It was fantastic. But to give everybody kind of a uh, put yourselves in the correct mindset and take yourself back to when this game came out. This game came out in Japan December 20th of 1996, in North America in April 30th of 97, and Europe in October of 98. So quite a while ago. It, uh, 20 years. Uh, over 20 years. 22 years now. God, that makes me feel I know. so old. This will probably also make you feel old and myself feel old. Other notable releases the year that this came out in the States, because we're recording this in the U.S. of A., uh, the original Fallout came out. A little title named Final Fantasy VII came out. Never heard I know. Of it. I think they're doing like a, a, a remake thing or something of it. I don't know. It's kind of yeah, weird. It'll probably fail terribly. It's just a lot of spiky-haired guys overcompensating. Uh, that, that's all I remember from the, the trailers. Um, Goldeneye and Star Fox 64 came out. Castlevania Symphony of the Night was released. Final Fantasy Tactics came out, Tekken 3, Mega Man Legends, Mega Man X4, and Breath of uh, Breath of Fire 3. Also a classic uh, RPG, the uh, the old Breath of Fire. Oh yeah, I love it. I, man, I, that's a, there's another series yeah, I love. It's a good one. I, I And the last one that was released was a crappy mobile game. But we're here to talk about the <laughs> Wild West and guns and robots and little mice that fit into pockets that hand pan for life man hand pan for life so john what's your kind of history with wild arms like did you play it like right off the bat did you kind of circle back to it i did and you know the funny thing about you know the thing about wild arms is that it actually it came out right before final fantasy 7 Mm -hmm. did um and which honestly is is really good for that game because after final fantasy 7 it would have been 
completely buried. Um, so yeah, I, I played that before I played. Uh, yeah, yeah, I played that for. I, in fact, I think I got it re- release day. Oh wow! Um, you know, I had my. Uh, I wasn't able to drive yet, so I had my. Uh, you know, I, I think it was my grandma drive me to the mall and. And, uh, you know, I ran in and I grabbed it. I've been saving up for it. It came back out. Uh, and, I, yeah. Yeah. That was the... Oh, man. God. Like, now it's all yeah. coming back to me. I haven't, I haven't thought about that in years. <laughs> so what did your grandma think of your your game playing? Was she... Did she ever try to... Uh, not relate, per se, but try and... Oh, what are you playing, dearie? You know, uh, trying to be hip at all, or was she like? Nope, not yeah. one bit. She couldn't care less. Yeah, she was just. She would just talk about grandma stuff, and I would listen to her. And she she didn't ask any questions. She was just like, oh, video games. Whoa, I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, she like she showed no interest at all. <laughs> Shout out to grandmas. Shout, Shout out, to, out grandma. to grandmas. For me. I didn't get uh, an original PlayStation until very late, probably maybe six months to a year out from the PS2. Um, And I actually picked mine up, my first PlayStation 1, from a garage sale that my neighbor was having. And one of the games in the box with the PlayStation was Wild Arms. So this was actually, Wild Arms was actually my first uh, PlayStation 1 game I owned. Not the first one I had played because I rented the system and borrowed it from a friend previously. But this was this was the first game I owned. Um, oh, I just remember that opening, that opening man, with the mm-hmm. whistling and the, like well, like I had never really seen anything like that before in a yeah. game. You know, like you know, full like it was. I mean, it was a it was an, it was an anime mm-hmm. opening, and it had that wonderful uh, that wonderful whistling tune. Uh, that if I could whistle, I would yeah. whistle it all the time, but I can't. Uh, but and the guitar uh, was yeah, beautiful. Like I love the guitar. The of guitar it. and like the uh, you know, you know, Rudy climbing mm-hmm. up the mountain at the end to meet you know uh, uh, Cecilia and Jack. Uh, yeah, that that yeah, what a what a banger of an it was, and it, it showed so many random things. Like it showed kind of the Colossus or the giant, the the robot kind of thing, and. It the, did. the village on fire, I believe, and just the craziness. And I think there was a, sh- I think there was a shot of Ze- of Siegfried. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm not. There was there was a shot of one of the villains in there. I can't remember yeah. who it was, but. But this this was for those that may have not played Wild Arms before. It is a very traditional turn based RPG. Uh, what what is cool though is each of the characters had special tools that they could use outside of combat that they could use to progress um which kind of differentiated from them and then you also would swap back and forth between them to help clear uh dungeons and whatnot what was your thought because even now i don't think it's a very common practice in rpgs is what did you think about picking the order in which you play the people or the characters prologues (laughs) <laughs> so I don't remember it having any meaningful impact on the on on what follows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if memory serves me correctly, I went with Rudy, then Cecilia, then Jack. Uh, I thought it was a novel, kind of a novel way to you know to get things started, but um, it didn't really have too much impact on the story. Or like for example, there was yeah. no alternate scenario if you went with Jack first, or you know like so. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it was it, it, it was a cool little it was a cool little innovation, but ultimately, from a gameplay standpoint, it really wasn't that all that impactful. Um, and I was wondering if something was going to happen because of it. I remember that I was like, okay, well, I want I wonder, uh, you know, like who should I start with? Like I remember <clears> I was like, man, like should I start with with this guy or with this guy? And ultimately, it in fact I actually remember starting over and trying Jack first, and mm-hmm. then rooting the Cecilia. And there was literally no difference. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that didn't really matter. Yeah, it would have been, I agree with you, it would have been a lot cooler if there was some sort of impact or you get a bit more story, depending on who, uh, a bit more background into the given character you picked to start with first. Um, but I've looking back, I don't, I can't think of a game, another game that did that at the time. Like, that's a very, I feel like that's a very recent kind of, idea to implement in an rpg like, yeah i uh it, well, and, and i feel like um wild arms wild arms had some really cool little little innovations it did like and you know none of them were mm-hmm. earth shattering but they did help in a way set the stage for what came next like for example uh you know the ability to name your spells yeah uh, you know the ability to you know you know the ability to name your you know everything that you were using in battle. But of course, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I would uh, you know me being a teenager, I would name everything like fucking super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nuclear explosion blast ray. Mm-hmm. You know, like or like yeah, like so. I don't know if I could swear or not. So yeah, probably yeah, just... you're good. Okay, cool. Uh, I, <laughs> I probably should have asked that before we, before we started. <laughs> you're, you're good. Uh. But yeah, I you know like and that was actually one of my favorite things about the game is I could just name my spells whatever mm-hmm. I wanted. So like like I would you know, like when I got a high powered spell, you know, I'd be like I'd super super ultra John Ray, you know, just mm-hmm. like all kind all kinds of crazy shit. I love it. <laughs> it. It is one of those features that I really wish was in more games now. Like just that little bit of customization, like making each thing your own. I agree uh, is super welcome. In touching a bit more on the Magic and the Crest systems, it was so strange to me how you get these crests, these crest items, these rare items that you then use to unlock your spells from, like, this grid. And you don't know what you'll really unlock until you do oh, it. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And it, it's interesting, but it's just, like, I remember... F- fucking myself over picking like some random spell that did absolutely jack shit in like difficult dungeons or something yeah i don't remember being a huge fan of that particular aspect of the game actually Mm -hmm. yeah it was it didn't add anything but just kind of annoyances when you pick some like you spend one of these rare items because i think there's only like what there's only enough for the grid and i think it's like a yeah there was a finite like a maybe five by five or six by six grid of something, spells something, something. Like that, it wasn't yeah. outlandish it was very kind of in line with the number of spells in these games at the time but you have you get like the elements and it's a cross section it's a lot like the uh, persona or the smt fusion system when you have those bars on the top and bottom and when they intersect that's a spell you would learn um that was a bit of an annoying thing you, I agree. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but the name of the spells was really cool, though. Like, keep that ditch, ditch the grid mystery. Um, but the the story I thought was 
shout out to this uh these developers that went off with a western style rpg like a western western themed well and that that has been like ever since we haven't really seen anything like that either yeah just the wild arms series and i don't know why it was a really like I, I was wondering how I would feel about that, but I re- like I, I guess you could count games like 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 you know a couple of the RPG Steam World games. Yeah, but but not but like it's but this was a full on like you know feature length JRPG mm-hmm. and it had heavy, uh you know like you know Western overtones from yeah. the music to the you know. I mean, you know, Rudy, you know, he had his arms in battle mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, Jack was just, you know, straight up a cowboy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, just, man. From the environments, <sighs> like, they aren't super techie. You get a lot of farms. I mean, the, I can't remember the name of the village Rudy starts in that kind of, that end up shunning him and kind of kicking him out for having the arms. And for everything. having the arm, yeah. Uh but it was just like there were chickens, there were farms, it was like thatch roof cottages and things, lots of wooden fences, and it was such, and still to this day, such a novel setting for an RPG that I don't, I don't know why, with the exception, I guess, of the occasional maybe a steampunk uh, game, why, why it hasn't like this is such a cool, interesting, time esque setting that it hasn't been. Uh, expanded on or really touched since and it's a, it's a shame because i think the wild arms series really does it a uh, good justice it's a, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air yeah well i mean it's really the only i mean i can't i'm not aware of another jrpg series that has tried that kind of a setting. yeah oh i can't either not at all um and what's this what was um when you got to kind of the fake credits, like the early credits, that that kind of blew me away when I, you think it, the game's over, the credits start rolling, and then it's like, you have a lot of game left. <laughs> yeah, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Um, it was, you know what it kind of reminded me of in a weird way? Hmm. It kind of reminded me of the World of Ruin in yeah. Final Fantasy VI. Um, because I remember the first time I played Final Fantasy VI, you know, you, know, you get to the floating continent, um, and I thought that, uh, I thought that was the end of the game, mm-hmm. right? Like I thought we were going to, I was like, okay, this is a, this is obviously a final dungeon type area. We're going to fight Kefka, then Gestal, and, uh, and you know, that's it. But then like, you know, the game flips it, everything on its head. And it's like, okay, there's a whole other half of the game left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever I, you know, whenever you see stuff like that, uh, in any game, not just, you know, not just Wild Arms, but like, you know, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is another great example when, you know, when you discover the inverted castle. I always, mm-hmm. I always appreciate that kind of swerve. Oh, yeah. The curveball that, that just well, opens spe- the well, game and, up. Right. And especially, you know, with Wild Arms, like, they actually started rolling credits. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, mm, no. Yeah. Uh, I remember a particular moment in the game that really stands out is when that village burns to the ground like everything's on fire and yeah um, i i like even right now i can't remember what exactly led up to that event but i just remember vividly seeing that scene happen and every like you're running around and everything's on fire and it uh 
yeah, it, it dealt with a lot of stuff, like the idea of how all these characters just seem to have, uh, uh, were lonely, like they were very much loners, and how that kind of played to each of them, from Rudy being this outcast that was shunned, and um, all of Jack and Cecile's story, it's, I think each character had a part- had a pretty good arc to them. Well, I, I think my my one of my favorite character arcs was actually Rudy's himself, mm-hmm. um, because you know, like I, w- I was still very young when Wild Arms came out. You know, I was like fifteen years old yeah. or so, and um, so we were just kind of starting to really explore the possibilities for a, a really deep, nuanced narrative mm-hmm. in games, um, and you know, like you know, like obviously before the Square Enix had or Square Enix, there were SquareSoft at the time had been doing this for a while with games like, you know, Final Fantasy VI and, and stuff like that. But but now with the advent of the PlayStation 1, we could really start digging into stuff like this. And I remember just being flabbergasted when you find out that Ruby is actually an android. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh my god, he's a robot. Like, who, who, like, that really blew my mind. Yeah. I felt sorry for him, too, after that. I was like, can you imagine finding that out? Like... You're not even human. You're not technically real. You're just a you're just a machine. Yeah. It, yeah. It, that was it was a it was a really was, good that, twist. And that blew my mind. Yeah, I I I agree with you there. It, um, or uh, when Cecile cut her hair, like how they made that super dramatic and that kind of transformation with I her really character like that too. and her development with that. Um, man. And I think one of my other, another moment in the game that I really loved was basically uh, any moment when Boomerang was on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just, he was such a cool character. And his his boss fights were some of the best battles in the game. Um, you know, I, th- that was that was another part of the game I really liked. I liked, uh, like, one of my favorite parts of any good RPG is, uh, are, are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love a good JRPG villain. And, um... Wild Arms had some really good ones. Uh, you know, when you're talking about, uh, what were they called? The Quarter Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like a particular, like, you know, you had, uh, you started off with, you know, uh, Bell Selk, which he, he was just like a boring, angry, raw, like a big <laughs> lizard character. And, but he was quickly replaced with Boomerang. And the other members of the Quarter Knights were really interesting as well. You had, uh, uh Alhazad. Yeah. Um, who was a really just kind of like horrific character, one of those recurring villains. And he had a really cool design, too. Um, and then uh, 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 Siegfried, uh, who, you know, I guess we'll talk more about later. And then you had you had the woman. Well, I can't. What the hell was her name? I can't remember her damn name. Um, Elmina? Was that. Was it Elmina? No, no, she was one of the Quarter Knights. Um, she was. She had been Jack's uh, fiance, oh, but yeah. she was turned into a metal demon. Um, oh. And I can't, for the life of me, remember her name. Oh, I'm gonna look it up right now, actually, yeah. because <laughs> because it is literally going to eat me alive until I, unless I figure this unless I figure this shit out. Uh, so let's see, uh, Wild Arms. Quarter Knights. All right, who, who were you? Who? There's a picture of her right here. 
it was um, uh, Lady Harkin. Harkin. That uh, was her name. That was her name. Searching for the absolute power. That's yeah. That's that's who she was. And then you had Zed. Zed was actually one of my favorite characters in the whole game. Uh, just because like he had a real man. Like he was a he was a funny character. He had some cool boss fights, and he had probably one of the best character themes in the entire game. It was, it was like a Spanish mm-hmm. kind of swashbuckling kind of deal. I just oh what a what what a what what a great character. I love Zed. Cool design too. I liked his design. Yeah, yeah. He, it was like a kind of like a, a yeah, kind of like a kind of like a dashing roguish miscreant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Zed was Zed bright was green great. hair. Hey, the bright green hair, the scarf, and the sword. He was just uh, he he was he almost looked like a JRPG protagonist himself. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, man, like this conversation is actually making me want to go play it again. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've noticed. Uh doing recording these episodes it's like man i just want to go replay that game now (laughs) although i will say i like there is a pretty sharp disparity looking at the visuals and the overall Mm -hmm. looking at the visuals in battle yeah um the sprites on the overworld i like a lot more than they're beautiful uh they're beautiful they still look great yeah they, they still look great to this day i don't think the battle polygons have held up quite as well oh no um <laughs> because let's face it like when you're in battle like by like especially by today's standards mm-hmm. it's not it's not great looking no it, it's it's, it's actually quite ugly um but at least this game did a, get the alter code f remake treatment or it did, i was wondering if we were going to bring that up uh yeah i mean it's a separate game but i mean it is a retelling of this one so uh, I have very mixed feelings about Ultra Code F. Yeah. Um, what's interesting because like I I wasn't aware that Wild Arms was popular enough to warrant like a top you know you know a top down remake. Um, but having said that, like there there are things that Ultra Code F I I, I think did well, and mm-hmm. then there are things that I I don't think they did well. Like you know like they they expanded on the original uh, you know uh, cast of you know was like mm-hmm. six as opposed to three. Uh, Zed was one of the playable characters. Um, there was another character named Cannon, um, and then uh, there was uh, Tim Rimeless, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I then think the that... Butler Magdalene Hearts. Yeah, and um, you know it was you know it was it was good. Um, obviously, you know the battles uh, were you know visually a lot. Mm-hmm. Better than the PlayStation One version. I believe this was a PlayStation Two game. Yeah, Alter Code. Um, uh, I think it came out after, like between Wild Arms Three and Four. I think. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I thought the soundtrack was just atrocious. Yeah. Um, I I did not like the soundtrack at all. It took, it, it lost all of that like Western, you know, spaghetti Western charm. Hmm. And made it something that sounded more modern, and uh, I, I, I just because <laughs> I mean, let's face it, the, like the the soundtrack is one of the best things about Wild Arms. Oh, the soundtrack in this game is fantastic. It's it fucking slaps, and the like. For example, um, the uh, uh, what was her name? Mother's theme mm-hmm. in in Wild Arms was one of my favorite uh, villain themes in the uh, you know throughout the game, simply because it was. 
it was creepy, it was otherworldly, mm-hmm. like it really kind of it it really kind of solidified Mother as this truly foreign, you know, just like otherworldly alien creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there was almost like a regal aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And then in Ultra Code F, they like it was barely recognizable. Um, they added like a bunch of synth and 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 chants, and I was just like, nah, no, I don't like this. Um, same thing for like uh, the final boss battle, for example, uh, when you fight uh, uh, Siegfried at the end, when he's after he's absorbed mm-hmm. uh, into Mother and he breaks free. Um, in, in the PlayStation One version, that that was a really cool battle, and the you know the character design was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like his spine, you know, like he had literally ripped himself out of Mother's body. Like his spine was dangling down, and had this this it had this really really cool music, and they kind of ruined that in the Ultra Code Up version again. And because yeah, I, I played it through to completion, and the whole time I was wondering, I was like, what what did they do to the music? Like, what what? Oh, that yeah. I just was not a fan. Um, I finished it, but like, if you gave me the choice of which one I would I would rather go back mm-hmm. and play, like I would rather go back and play the original. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. This one, it it was nice to revisit with Alter Code F, and I never finished Alter Code F. Um, to be fully honest, but it. I have an easier time going back and reminiscing about original Wild Arms than I do um, Ultra Code F. Um, for a lot of those same reasons, but I, I remember, and maybe it was just because I had just gotten a PS1 and this was the only game I played, but man, just walking around the world map and listening to that song playing, like the world map tune in this game is so good. It really is, yeah. <clears throat> it just... It w- it was very good, and I'm I'm glad that it did. Uh, we you touched on this earlier that it's a good thing this game came out before Final Fantasy VII, so people could play it and enjoy it before that. That became- I I truly believe if it had not, it would have been lost, and it would have been just completely <clears throat> lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I agree. And just looking up names uh, right now on the Wild Arms wiki, I did not realize that. Like the entire Wild Arms series is like connected. Like I knew it was like in the same world, but I didn't realize Siegfried was like the series antagonist and everything. So that's interesting. I actually didn't re- like. So I was, I was, I was vaguely aware of stuff like that. The thing about Wild Arms is after Wild Arms one, mm-hmm. the series saw kind of just like a gradual decline in quality. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, like for example, uh. You know, Wild Arms Two came out, and I finished it, but I wasn't anywhere near as enamored of mm-hmm. it as I was uh, the first one. Um, and when Wild Arms Three dropped, like I saw the reviews, and I, I honestly didn't even bother. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. And I think they made what up to five of them. Yeah, Wild Arms Five was like traditional RPGs, and I, and I think there was a like Japanese only mobile game. Um, yeah, I I had Wild know, I, Arms four, and I enjoyed that. They kind of changed up the combat system and made it like a hexagonal um, arena based, where you targeted specific parts of the like this hexagonal grid with attacks, and any enemies that were in that area, or or what got either healed or hit or damaged or afflicted with status debuffs and whatnot. It reminded me a lot of Radiant Historia now that I think about it. It's kind of that same role. Interesting. Oh, I love that game. Such a good game. So glad it got remade. 
or like yes. the, that remaster for 3ds love it yeah really good um but it's it's that general kind of idea um and i enjoyed it i thought it was, it was pretty good but i need to i kind of want to just like do a replay of the wild arms series and just really get engrossed with the lore a bit um I don't. I know that obviously, you know, Wild Arms one and two came out on the PlayStation one. But where did three, four, and five come out? All, all of them were on PS two. Okay. Um, Alter Code. I, I remember the, I remember the fifth one had like this weird five cell. Alter Code, I know, is like a fairly collectible title, and I think five is as well. Um, and then there was like the Wild Arms Tactics game that came out on PSP, Wild Arms XF. Um. There was also there was a Wild Arms Tactics game. Yeah, um, it came out I didn't on even PSP. Know that. Yep. Was it any good? Um, I think it was pretty pretty well received. Um, I never picked it up myself. Um, let's see, let's see what Metacritic for PSP. What what's it saying at? Uh, user scores having it sit at uh, seven point one. That's not too bad, I guess. Um. Game Informer has it as 75, Play Magazine 85. I didn't even realize it fucking existed. Yeah. Oh, XF is pronounced Crossfire. Because oh, you'll so get caught of, up in Crossfire. Speaking of hmm. speaking of pronunciations, how long did it take you to learn that it was pronounced Elus? Uh, 31 years? <laughs> Yeah, me too. I, I, I for mm-hmm. years and years and years, I pronounce. I was like, I was like, these are Elwas. I, I had no fucking idea how to pronounce them because there's no voice acting in the mm-hmm. game. Um, and it was, it wasn't until like I'm talking like two decades later, I heard somebody reference Elus in uh, in Wild Arms, and I was like, what is he talking about? And then I realized what he was referring to, and I felt like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I, I, that's happened, that experience has happened to me so much with crazy ass pronouns that JRPGs especially like to use. Like, uh, talking to Alex, uh, Alex was on the, the first episode of this podcast. We, and we were talking about Tales of Vesperia, and it's like, we went into a little bit on all the crazy pronouns that were used in this, and it's like one of the tropes of, uh, of, of the genre, but yeah, some of them. Elus, okay, good to know. And now everyone else knows. Yeah, yeah, Elu, yeah, E L. And for anybody who hasn't played it, it's E L W S. And yeah, it's uh, it's Elus, not Elvas. Elves. <laughs> Elvas. Elvas. Elves with a W instead of V. I don't, I don't know. But we aren't the only ones that loved uh, Wild Arms. As usual, this is our From Around the Web segment, where before this, before I record this or we record this, I always put it out to the interwebs to let you guys send us your memories of a specific game. So we're going we're gonna to touch on some of these today. I got a lot of, there's a lot of love for this game out there. Um, so we'll start with Rido14 from Reddit. 
I loved how the world gradually began to open up as the story progressed and transportation became easier. First you started out relatively confined to the ground, then you get access to the ship and the golem that could travel across the water. Then you get the flying machine which lets you go almost anywhere, and finally, the flying machine gets an upgrade and the entire map becomes accessible and you can travel anywhere in seconds. Aside from that, of course, I also love the characters, the story, and the amazing soundtrack. The villains in particular didn't feel like the standard League of Mini-Boss villains that I'm used to in some RPGs. Most of them had their own motivations for doing what they did and they felt like believable characters instead of mustache-twirling, hammy villains. Having the characters split up at times was interesting and forced me to adjust my combat strategies, and despite the differences in their stories, I liked how the central theme in all of their arcs is loneliness. I mean, that right, Raido touched on a lot of things that we've already talked that about. Was really, that was really well written. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Raido14 from Reddit with his uh, well-articulated points that mirror a lot of what we said. We talked, of course, the soundtrack, and is a little spoiler, the soundtrack is brought up a lot in these memories uh, as being uh, fond, or a lot of people fond of the soundtrack. But the characters being strong, and even the villains having... Uh, good personalities and depths to them um, are things that we we think too um, yeah and yeah the I liked how he brought up and I really hadn't thought about it but it, it this game did do a pretty good job of uh, expanding the map as you went it wasn't just like one or two steps and then boom you have everything um, so I thought that was pretty cool do you think there's any chance this game ever comes to Switch, or was it a Sony oh. title? Is it a Sony-only title? Um, I don't know if it was, like, published, but but the thing is, I have no idea who controls the rights or anything to this anymore. It's only been on Sony platforms outside of, the, I think, the mobile title. Um, or it might have even been a browser title. I don't, I don't quite remember, and I think it was Japan only. I would love to see it. I mean, with with Grandia, the Grandia HD collection coming out this week, that, shout out, we are both, uh, John and I are very excited for this. Oh. Um, it's possible. I mean, at this point, I could see anything coming to Switch. I, I think it would, I think it could do well, whether or not it actually will, um, because it is, I don't even know if it's niche. I think it's in the same state Grandia is in, where it's it's just nostalgic at this point. Um, a lot of people. I I would love to see all. I would love to see all old RPGs come to the Switch personally. Oh, I'm I'm right Let's there with it. you. I'm loving Let's that we're it. getting the, like the Mana Collection came over here. I'm loving that we're getting Grandia. Um, I would love Wild Arms. I would love... I'm actually doing a second uh, Trials of Mana playthrough. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that we finally got that is, is big news. And it opens up all the possibilities of all the other games uh, that we haven't gotten. We Localized Bahamut, Bahamut Lagoon. Lagoon. Uh, I was just going to mention that because you brought it... You, you tweeted it out about bringing Bahamut Lagoon over to Switch. And I was like, I have a or repro card. Live I'd Alive. Love it. Localize, yeah. live alive. Yep. Um, have, I mean, I think the Switch would be a perfect bed to finally give people the damn Mother 3 that they've wanted. Um, 
yeah, give us you. the Super Famicom port, or even better, the PlayStation One uh, version of Tales of Fantasia. Um, it would so so much possibilities, and I love that. So, oh, throw Star Ocean Two on there yeah. for good measure. Well, they are doing those. Uh, the Star Ocean 1 and 2 remake, or not remakes, but like remastered enhanced ports, those are coming over. Those are coming to Switch? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think it's PS4 and Switch. Hold on, I gotta look that up now. Because Star Ocean 2 is fucking fantastic. Oh shit, yeah. you're right! Yeah, no they way. were announced uh, back in May. How did I miss that? That's awesome, dude. I can't. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like seeing that. Man, and that that artwork still holds up. Like, oh, the, yeah. The sprite work in Star Ocean still really holds up. I will forever believe that sprite work will always hold up better and longer. Like, really good sprite work will always look better and be more impressive longer than 3D models. Hands down. Like, I can still 100%. go back. Like, Final Fantasy VI, uh, Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest... All those still look gorgeous, and it's like, oh, so pretty. In And like we mentioned earlier, the sprite work on the over map and whatnot in Wild Arms still looks fantastic. It's just so pretty. But yes. Super, super pretty. But going back to the web, we have Azertyville from Reddit. Wild Arms was the very first game I ever played. I was probably around four or five years old at the time. It got me into video games, and particularly particularly the JRPG genre, which is still by far my favorite genre to this day. I was so young when I first played it, but a couple of memories still stand out. I remember being in reception at school, the UK equivalent of kindergarten, I think, and we had these yellow exercise books, and one of the exercises was to write about what we did in our spare time, or something along those lines. Naturally, all the other kids were writing about normal stuff, playing outside, playing with toys, while I just wrote that I played Wild Arms. I still have that exercise book laying around somewhere, and I've looked back at that exercise a couple times. I just smile looking at four-year-old me's god-awful handwriting, but knowing that even back then I was passionate about this game. Also, I was really young. I was a really young and dumb kid, and I could never make it past the bit where you have to sneak out of the castle undetected, but I didn't care. I just played through the opening chapters of the game over and over again until I revisited when I was a bit older, got past that bit, and eventually discovered the entire rest of the world in the game for the first time. It's an amazing game, and it will always be special to me. And I think this this hits along the lines of, not it's not exclusive to JRPGs or the RPG genre, it's how people our age, and even younger and older, it's how we have such a connection to video games and these moments to our childhood I mean, that we look back so fondly on and we have such an emotional attachment to like um like Azertyville mentioned not he couldn't get out of the that area but he still fell in love with the genre and the world and I mean I it's a gateway drug it is it, it, it just all sorts of those happy memories are so welcome in a world that's rather fucked up right now to be able to to look back on and think back to all these good times and be be able to revisit and kind of relive them so 
You know, honestly, like the um, I, you know, I would still say that the Super Nintendo was the most formative mm-hmm. era for for RPGs. But man, the PlayStation is just nipping at its heels. Oh yeah. Um, you know, whether you're talking about Wild Arms or uh, Final Fantasies or Final Fantasy or Star Ocean, uh, Vagrant Story, Legend um, of Dragoon, Brave Fencer uh, Musashi. Ravens of Massage was so underrated. Oh, completely uh, agree. 100%. Uh, Arc the Lad 2. Um, Arc the Lad series, period. Yeah, I, I love Arc the Lad. Um, I've, I've got one or two on my, on my, uh, on my PS Vita. There you go. Uh, you know, Valkyrie Profile. I mean, there are so many. Like, like what a what a great era mm-hmm. uh, for, for JRPGs that was. I mean, I'm all... Got me all I know, now. and see that's that's the awesomeness about RPGs and video games, my friend. It's we we can be like this, and I mean, I feel like mirroring what you said about how strong the SNES, like what the SNES did for the genre, and then PlayStation took it. It's like just a a duo, like a pair in volleyball. Like the SNES set the ball high high into the air with the genre really setting it up for greatness and doing great things and then the playstation just like spiked it down and just like obliterated everything with how amazing like just all the games it was they such good times such yeah i so many it, it good titles and it, it makes me kind of sad whenever i think about it because Man, I've got a lot of like you know I didn't I didn't have the best childhood, but I've got a lot of really happy memories sitting in my room mm-hmm. uh, in front of my television, just playing all these amazing you know PlayStation RPGs. Yeah. And uh, and I, I I do wish I could kind of relive those days. You know? Yeah. Which is why uh, they should all be on Switch, every one of them. Yeah, man. I'm loving how many like we need the retro Final Fantasies on Switch now. Like we got. I. We pretty much have That's... seven. We'll have seven through twelve at this point by by next year. Like, start giving the the good retro games and not the shitty mobile. Like, don't port the shitty mobile version. That's my fear. Is that like I've been screaming <laughs> from the mountaintops yeah. for a four, five, and six collection on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that th- just you know Square Enix would monkey's paw that shit and give us the mobile versions. Yeah. And which which is why I honestly, uh, you know, super like I'm, I'm sure you've seen Super Nintendo games are obviously coming to Switch soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fine with them just dropping them there. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with them just 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 doing that. I'll take what I can get at this point. In my ideal world, like Pipe Dream, this is how you make a crap ton of money. If I was Square, I would do like a remake of Final Fantasy. Uh, Five and six, and three, but I would use I would keep the sprite style and kind of artwork style that they did for the PSP remakes of one, two, and four. Actually, I'll the, I'll do you one better: uh, a remake of Final Fantasy VI, but with Octopath. Yes. Traveler's oh, 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 God! I would I would buy like ten copies of that. I don't know if I would ever play another video game ever again. It oh, so good. Strangely enough, there are some people on Irrational Passion staff that do not like the Octopath's visual style. That's really weird, to be honest with you. And it hurts. And it's like, because I can just picture, like, especially, um, this brief side tangent, uh, 
in the snow area of Octopath, when like with the snow coming down and the visuals, all I could think of like the first time I was walking around there was Narsh. Like imagining Narsh in yeah. that style. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, no, I desperately need it. And, it, and like just I mean, imagine that final battle with Kafka oh, and those yeah. light effects. Like just I mean that is how you make Final Fantasy that's how you remake Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. Um and that is like I honestly if you ask me what I want, mm-hmm. what video game I want more than any other, it is a Octopath Traveler style remake of Final Fantasy VI. That is my answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I, I desperately need it. Sorry, man, we're here to talk about Wild Arms. I'm getting no, really I, off. But see, that's the that's the that's what I want this to be. Like there's there's no set, it's just reminiscing and nostalgia and tangents and th- that's that's what this podcast is for. We have a game, but who knows where it will take us. Our dreams, our hopes, our desires. Um, but back to Wild Arms, because you are right, this is the Wild Arms episode. We go back to Reddit with MattBag1 saying, I had a Polish friend that had a PlayStation about a year before me. Somehow he had Wild Arms and none of us really understood it, but we kept trying and eventually we got, we got nowhere. But still, being kids in the 90s, playing Wild Arms, I can never forget. Yep, there's the, the nostalgia. Yep. Matt bag, uh, Matt bag one, just hitting it home. Those nostalgic Matt memories. Is, Matt bag one is a sharp guy. Yeah, true. Matt bag one knows what's up. Uh, we got next. We have LeBlight from uh, from Reddit. Let's see. Trying to find the name of the song that plays in the photosphere, as it wasn't on the OST that I bought. Wild Arms may contain the most confusing fucking OST of any game I have ever seen. I was also looking for the theme that plays when Cecilia first receives the runes of power. Another theme that was missing from OST. It's called Holy Mother of Darkness for those that didn't know. Read it on game FAQs or game facts that one of the optional bosses could be found by riding the boat through a specific part of the ocean. Ten agonizing hours later, it was proven to be the wrong location. Constantly going back to Saint Centaur to check on the blind girl, also to see if a certain encounter would happen. Finding the black market by accident, trying to tackle the plethora of secret bosses in the game, or at least, at the very least, trying to find them. JRPGs these days don't really have this anymore. And if you haven't realized already, Wild Arms holds a very special place in my heart. LeBlight has a lot of a lot of memories apparently a lot of things that he holds fondly um i can see that yeah he's a, a nice wide gambit uh gambit. i like it i highly approve yeah though that that uh the trying to find the um optional bosses in the 10 agonizing hours later kind of reminds me of trying to get all those fake pokemon things i actually i actually fought and defeated ragu oragula yeah um, yeah, I, I remember you get the sheriff's badge. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and if memory serves me correctly, it made you. It didn't make you invincible, but it it boost it boosted your stats to just ridiculous levels. Made pretty much everything trivial. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, if you could defeat Regla, then I mean, you were stomping all over yeah. everything anyway. So it was more just to do it. Uh, and the winner for best screen name um, from Reddit this week goes to Punchy McCurdy Fist. 
Oh, that's a good one. I know, right? Yeah, no, that's excellent. My mom got me into video games. She actually played Wild Arms, and I watched her until I tried to play as a young baby. And to this day, she still says, I took the controller and never gave it back. Laugh my ass off. But that's what Wild Arms 1 means to me. Some pretty great memories of my mom. Wow. Touching. That's pretty cool. That's touching. Props to Lady Gamers for starters, Mama Gamers. And just that's that's a nice memory. Like that's that's a touching nice memory that the two of them will I always like that. share. That that love your name, great memory, Punchy McCurdy Fist. I yeah, hope that was fantastic. You you and your mom are still playing video games together. JWW Burger from Reddit says the great revenge setup with the attack of Adelhide, Cecilia cutting her hair, the town totally destroyed. The funeral procession with credits. I felt so strongly about the mission. Being my first RPG, I thought the game was over when the credits started, which was an awesome thing to be wrong about. Yeah, that we touched on it earlier. That was a that was a hard hitting. That was a hard hitting uh, a moment in the game. That was really yeah. Again, that was yeah, what a what a cool moment that was. Yeah. I had, I had almost forgotten all about that until we brought it back up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for the final around the internet, the web, we have our very own Jarrett Green from Irrational Passions responding on Twitter. Handpan Appreciation Hour, talking mice that run on the wind are crowd pleasers from Jarrett Green I remember of Irrational Passions fame. There was something so satisfying about sending Handpan out mm-hmm. just over and over again. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was his, it was his animation or just the fluidity of it or the sound. But I would just I would sit there and just like throw him at walls. I would throw him at people. I would throw a handpan at everything I could. The true MVP of Wild Arms, handpan. Yeah, handpan. Handpan was great. Handpan. But with all of our memories, perhaps you haven't played Wild Arms and you're thinking to yourself, man, this sounds really cool. I'm kind of into all this stuff they're talking about. Where could I get it? Well, luckily, at least for the time being, as of recording, you can still get it off the PlayStation Network to play on your PS3, PSP, and the Vita for easy six bucks. Simple, nice and easy. Or you could get the PlayStation mini if you're in it you know if you that's really, true it is on the playstation mini i think it's going for like really 20 bucks you can you, you can do it there that's true or you can get the physical uh version offline and that'll run you between 20 and 40 dollars depending on completeness and conditions so not too bad but definitely not the cheapest of the playstation one no games. not one bit um and now for your new players let's say you did get a new game or get this game, or decided to try it on the PlayStation Mini or the PlayStation Classic, what tips can you take with you? Well, for me, I'm going to say use a guide with the crests and not screen yourself out of getting a good spell. I touched on this earlier, and I'm going to touch on it again because I do think it's very important. Use a guide for this. It's not worth it to just blindly do it. I mean, you can... But you're you're setting yourself up for potential uh, 
disappointment. So just use a guide, simple, easy, won't really ruin anything, and it will probably make your time a bit better. What about you, John? What what advice or tips do you have for your uh, new Wild Arms players? Grind. This is a game that gets pretty challenging in the back end, and you're going to want to be overleveled. Which is not necessarily to say a bad thing, mm-hmm. um, but there are some supremely frustrating boss fights near the end. Like, I'm, I'm looking at you, Boomerang. Um... And I very, very distinctly remember being, let's, let, let's say, frustrated as, as only a 15-year-old can uh, with, with, with the back end. So, I, so if you do pick up Wild Arms and you, and you do decide to play it, make sure when you hit about the 25-hour mark, you, you're, you're over-leveled. It's, it's going to make your life a little There you go. You can, uh, grinding, I'm all in favor of grinding. That's a great tip. Especially with these older JRPGs around this time, I think grinding is much more of a a necessity than it is today. Agreed. Now, finally, we come to our last segment, the ever-popular monster or enemy of the week. Now, John, what is the enemy of the week? Um, Zed. Good old Zed. Any particular encounter uh, with Zed? The first one, uh, where you first hear that that really rousing, like almost swashbuckling uh, battle theme he has. Mm-hmm. It, 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 On the sweet Yeah, theme. it was very unlike anything you had heard uh, up to that point. And combined with just the general zaniness of the character, um, it, was mm-hmm. a, it was a really, really cool moment and a, just a really great... Just a really great boss fight in general. Perfect, perfect, perfect entry for the enemy of the week. And just to give you some information on Zed at this point in the game, level is unknown, but he does have 7,500 HP. His MP amount is unknown. He will net you 4,200 experience. No money, though. He'll be slinging Doombringer and Garo Ichimongiri spells towards you. But unfortunately, for all your effort in this fight, he will drop nothing. But he's still a good boss fight, and you'll fight him a couple more times before the end of the game. And apparently, he's in Wild Arms 5 as well. Yeah, I've heard so, that as well. There's that too. Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of RPG University. Uh, once more, I'd like to thank Mr. John Phipps, Mr. Neg- Mr. Megative, <laughs> excuse me, on Twitter for joining me in this talk about Wild Arms. Where can people find you on the internet? What you got cooking? Plug away. Uh, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Mr. Megative, and I would also highly recommend you check out our weekly podcast, SDGC uh, TV slash official SDGC. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at official SDGC, and I will once again be competing in the uh, kind of funny Interside tournament at PAX West. Uh, so I, I I will embarrass myself in front of the entire world uh, for Very the second nice. year in a row. It's, I can't wait. 
Uh, can't wait to watch you do it again. Or can't watch. Can't wait to watch you it compete again. It was a great time seeing you do it last year. Oh, yeah. Yes, it, it was a great time. Great thing to watch. Uh, it'll be even better this year. So, for me, everybody, I have been your host, Scott, a.k.a. Professor RPG. You can find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. You can also find me, of course, over at IrrationalPassions.com. You occasionally can find me taking over our Twitch page over there at twitch.tv slash IrrationalPassions. Be sure to follow Irrational Passions on Twitter at IrrationalPod. Feel free to submit with the hashtag RPGU. Your suggestions on games you'd like to see us talk about, your memories of Wild Arms, and just RPGs that you like to play. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. Class dismissed. <laughs>